0: The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on
1: News Talk. Michal Martin, the Cork TD, the Fianna Fáil leader and the Taunashe has said that he would like the government to take a stronger position when it comes to limiting access to harmful content on phones, be that everything from social media to much more extreme versions of harmful content. Now, he has said a ban is not feasible. Instead, we need to look at more robust warnings and social contracts in schools to help limit access. Jen Hogan is a journalist and a columnist with the Irish Times. Jen, uh, no ban, but uh, robust warnings and a social contract—is that the way to go?
2: Oh, I don't think so. No, look, I'm not a big fan, Kieran, To be honest, of blanket bans generally, I don't know. I don't think that they work, and I think. We have to be aware that, you know, the children and teenagers of today, they're digital natives. This is how they've grown up. And while we might all reflect on our own our own childhoods and youth and think it was much easier without social media and all that goes with it, it is the norm for them. However, the idea that a social contract a bit like the smartphone ban for primary school, and I was very much in favour. Like, I don't think primary school children should have smartphones, to be very clear. But the ban there, a bit like this social contract, it becomes this kind of voluntary thing where some people will sign up to it, some won't. Peer pressure will ultimately take over. And really, it lets social media companies off the hook until we start holding them accountable for the sort of things that our teenagers and our young children are seeing. Things will continue as they are. It's just so easy to get into content that's completely unsuitable. We look at that, we've done something about vapes now, you know, but it's a bit like, yeah. you know, uh, bolting the door after the, or closing the door after the horse has bolted. It's it, it's really important that we do something about social media and the sort of content that our children are exposed to and teenagers are exposed to. Something with meaning, mm-hmm. not just something that's a social contract where some parents might subscribe to it, others won't. We have different levels of understanding about the implications different levels of education. Every child deserves to be protected. And if we can do it with alcohol and we can do it with vapes and we can do it with cigarettes and we can do it with other things, we need to have some very serious legal rules around social media. And what,
1: what rules should they be? I mean, short, short of those companies themselves playing their part, as you said, they're kind mm. of the missing piece in this jigsaw to a degree. We'll talk about that in a moment. But short of that, I mean, is it? you, you said you're not a fan of blanket bans, but in this case, are yes. you making an exception?
2: No, maybe just even saying that it's illegal to use so use some of the social media apps until a child is 16. At 16, they're still very young. And using that time in the build-up to actually prepare them for using social media. Look, as adults, and I'm sure, Karen, you're the same as probably myself, no doubt. When you work in media, you spend probably more time on social media than other adults might do. And it's very easy to get lost in the doom scrolling and get lost in the content and sometimes be overwhelmed as an adult with some of the images that you see, some of the content that comes in, some of the messaging that comes at you as well through social media. We've all been subjected to it again, going back to maybe the jobs that we work in. Sometimes it's really Mm. shocking some of the things that come your way. But if you're a child trying to process this and this access that other people have to you all the time and the potential for adults to exploit this, the imagery that children are seeing, you know, we talk about comparison being the thief of joy and young adolescents trying to come to terms maybe with changing bodies and seeing these f- false images, never mind the fact that they can access porn and graphic imagery that they're just, their young minds are not able to process. We look at cyberbullying, all those sort of things. We're handing them phones, we're allowing them to use phones and, it, and we're not legally, we're not supervising it with any yeah. kind of legal consequence at all, so it's not that it's, it's a blanket ban. Well, I suppose it is a blanket ban, but maybe not as, as high as 18. Maybe it's taking it to 16 or something and using the time to talk about social contracts and, and using that kind of voluntary um, yeah. sign-up and uh, guarantee that, okay. or not guarantee, so a, a but to agreement that there'll be responsible that. use. A yeah.
1: ban to 16 might give you that window.
2: That window to okay. try and prepare them for when they actually are on social media and trying to deal with all that's coming their way, everything that's coming okay. at their way and how representative it is or isn't of real life.
1: Philip Arneal is with us as well, the head of education at CyberSafe Kids. Philip, remind me, what, what are the rules about kids, young kids in particular, are having access to social media and social media accounts? Are there rules?
0: Well, uh, that's sort of a a two-headed question there. I mean, we know from our own research that 31% of 8 to 12-year-olds have unrestricted access to the online world. Um, And also, we know that 84% of kids have their own social media uh, account before they're 13. Now, we know that the, the minimum age restriction is 13, and for one or two apps, it's actually 16. And obviously, the digital age of consent in Ireland is also 16, so something is not working. So it's great to hear Jen talking about social media companies because I feel like uh, they're often left out of this conversation and there has to be more robust regulation. Yeah. Um, and that's coming with the Online Safety and Media uh, Media Regulation Act, the, the Office of the Online Safety Commissioner and Online Safety Codes. But I think we're missing the point, really, which is, is education. Uh, we're not, there's no mandatory uh, online safety education program in schools. And to talk about kids at 16 is way too late. You know, 13 uh, year olds are already on social media. Eight year olds are already on social media. 39, uh, 37% of the kids we surveyed have a TikTok account before they're 13. So when you're talking about getting to 16 and getting them ready for social media, it's already too late. And that's why social contracts uh, as well-intentioned as they might be are a voluntary thing and they won't be effective. Where it can be effective when we have this legislation and regulation coming from yeah. the top down is education coming from the bottom up. There's got to be education and as who, early who are you educating? as first or second year. We've got to educate the children, we've got to educate the parents, we've also got to educate the teachers because teachers, 74% of teachers told us that online safety is a significant issue in their school, but a lot of them, 45%, feel that they're not equipped to deal with it. So Mm -hmm. there's a teacher training question, there's also the, the issue around parents where we've got to increase awareness, we've got to increase understanding of what kids are doing online, and then also, and as Jen correctly said, you know, kids are going to come across Whatever content, no matter what platform they're on, no matter how safe we think the controls and the restrictions are, so we've got to educate them what's what what, uh, what the benefits of being online, but also the dangers and how to deal with those appropriately when they come across them.
1: Yeah, Jen, what about parents here? And I, and listen, my kids are very young, so I I I'm kind of exposing myself to accusations of naivety here. Um, you know, or kind of blissful ignorance, but eighty four percent of kids aged 8 to 12 have a social media account. Now, there's no way Mm. that many kids have a social media account without their parents' knowledge. It would suggest that lots of parents are kind of shrugging their shoulders or, 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 or just accept the inevitability and are letting them do it knowing it's against the rules.
2: Absolutely. And, I, and I, w- I completely agree with you. There is a lot of parents aware that their children have social media accounts. I mean, most of us who have children in that age will know who have children of that age. My, my own kids aren't allowed on social media at that stage, but I, I certainly would know of peers of theirs who have social media accounts. And it's not that their parents aren't aware, but they've made a decision. And some of that comes from that enormous peer pressure. And again, we can call out and say parents need to step up to the plate and not allow this. That's easier said than done. When the majority and when you hear those statistics and those you realise it is the majority. These are large majorities in certain age groups that have access to social media or have access to I suppose some uh, some levels of social media content. And it's really difficult to push back against that because your child risks being the person who's on the periphery, who can't join in the conversations at school, who maybe doesn't get to have little meetups, who doesn't know about different things that are going on because yeah. everybody else has one. So it's not that parents want this. It absolutely isn't that parents feel they want this but maybe they feel completely overwhelmed and completely unable to push back against it when there is such a majority about it. I mean, years ago, we'd have thought it was crazy, the idea that primary school children have smartphones. Now here we are heralding this wonderful initiative that will see a, a smartphone yeah. ban only it's not a smartphone ban it's basically an agreement a, yeah. a, a voluntary agreement that everybody won't sign up to. I do agree with Philip completely about education and I suppose that's why I hate the idea of just putting it back on parents alone because not every parent is familiar with how social media works with all the different apps that there are. The kids tend to be one step ahead of us the whole they time. Do, they but you know what Jen as well I, 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 I,
1: that, that argument becomes weaker and weaker with passing years, yep. doesn't it? Like mo- most parents we're talking about with kids in that age bracket are in their 40s or 50s. Yeah. And they're, they're not Neanderthals. They're they're not, they, they, I, I appreciate there's maybe, there, there's new social media apps or uh, uh, platforms kind of coming on stream and there are maybe, you know, they're still talking about Facebook when their kids are <laughs> uh, uh, um, talking about something else entirely. At the same time, I, I'm, the argument that kind of they don't understand the dangers that that lurk on the internet. Like, that's kind of... I think that argument has had its day, hasn't it?
2: But education comes into it here and even the different levels of education across the country and the different levels of education that parents will have and, and age, like you said, and different levels of exposure... Parents can be, some parents can be kind of nervous of it and I don't think parents can wash their hands of it. I think we have a responsibility to be familiar with what our kids are using and to be on top of what our kids are using, but we need more support and it is like fighting against the tide because there is so much coming at them and because it's so normal for them, it is so normal for them to be online all the time, or for their peers to be online. It's really hard to push back against it. The social code—it's a bit like the smartphone ban. For me, it's that kind of smoke screen and absolving themselves of responsibility. They need—we need more parents. Need help with this. Mm. They need to play a role in it. But it, it's a—it's a wider issue than that. And they need to be, as Philip said, educated for when the time comes, for when yeah. an appropriate time comes that children will be online. And even that is hard to manage as an adult. Never mind as a teenager or so, a kid.
1: Philip, if we're all kind of ad idem that the social media companies need to be part of this conversation, I mean, how how do you get them to be part of it? How do you force them to do more?
0: Well, you regulate them. You regulate them in a way that, there's not a, that literally isn't happening at the moment. You know, they're self-regulating. And a lot of other industries that potentially have harmful effects, we don't allow them to do that. So why do social media companies allow to do that? there's no transparency around underage users uh, there are some parent some parental controls obviously on apps there are some age restriction measures that are put in but the reality is of the figures we have here kids can get around them i was a primary school teacher myself if a child knows how to figure out to to present as 18 years old by subtracting whatever number from the year that yeah. that they're born then they can get on those platforms so uh, that's one thing that we've got to do. But the other thing we've got to do is we've got to look at this as as if it was an offline issue. So all the things there that we're talking about, you know, parents being overwhelmed, th- these are all things that we fully acknowledge. And that's one of the things that we're trying to do is to increase parents' awareness. But I also agree with you. It's no longer acceptable to say, I don't know what my children are doing because in no other area of life would you allow that to happen. You would never have your children going off to the park with people they don't know or people they'd met online or people you hadn't met. You wouldn't send them off uh, down to the shop to do the shopping uh, unless you could be uh, sure of their safety. You certainly wouldn't let them uh, have the keys to your car to drive down the road. So why then are they allowed to be unsupervised online? And that's what's happening. And the reality Mm. is actually... It seems like it's safer. They might be in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. They might be, um, uh, you know, somewhere in the house. But actually, they have this access to content. And more importantly, the online world also has access to them. And so we've got to stop making excuses. I agree children are digital natives, but the reality is... Growing up as a digital native does not mean you also have inherent skills to access mm-hmm. and to function effectively yeah. in the digital world. In the same way, I was I was raised in the era of the automobile, but I had still had to learn how to drive. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the same in, in the online world and we've got to Uh, not just parents not just teachers not just government not just it's really a societal approach that we have to take to this problem and we've done it with other issues where there's risk and harm to children and young people and there's no reason why we can't do it as a society for this same issue and it's going to cause a lot of issues down the line because children Mm -hmm. are doing things that they shouldn't be doing and they're on
1: places that are not designed for them Already causing issues Uh, Philip O'Neill who's head of education at Cyber Safe Kids and Jen Hogan the journalist and columnist with the Irish Times, thank you both very much uh, for joining me. The hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddihy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.